Recording in progress. You're listening to the Blood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. If you're Metal Mike, Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. Cue the pause. All right. It's so funny. We've been talking for an hour now. You know where you are. This is the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy. That is Metal Mike. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Doing pretty good, you know, overall. How about you? <laughs> yeah, not, not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Not too. I, I like your little setup here. It's almost like very um, Bill Maher, Jay Leno-ish, you know. You got yeah. the couch and the animals and you're just sitting there chilling, man. Well, all right, I like it. I'm over at my girl's place. Um, you know, she broke her ankle, what, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? I don't know. She had surgery September 29th. And I, I've been over here an awful lot. And truth be told, completely fucking forgot <laughs> that I had to record. Oh. <laughs> so, so when you got a hold of me, it's like, hey, we're still on for tomorrow. I'm like, uh, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> we, we are on. See, man, that's why I got to fucking remind you. I got to keep you on task dude oh i i had to come back after work last night and be like hey baby i uh kind of forgot said, yeah that's fine and then i said but i'm going to hardwire into your modem and i guess that didn't click because as i'm setting up she's like i gotta sit out here and be quiet <laughs> huh. i'm like uh you know and she say oh you'll edit it out i'm like i'm not that good I mean, I can edit, but I am not that good. I'm I'm getting a little better at it, but I'm not like my brother. I mean, right. that guy's an artist. Yeah, he does great things. He does. Dude, I got to tell you, it, it, some guy, I don't know which guy it is, called out Ricky Rocket to a jujitsu MMA or... Um, I read something that. about that, man. What was that all about? I don't care about that. I was reading the comments in this thread. And some asshole said, well, he's still a better drummer than Tommy Lee. I was like, what the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> and I am a big Poison fan. I love that man. But Ricky Rocket is a better drummer than Tommy fucking Lee? On what planet? On what planet? <laughs> I mean, what? Tommy Lee, he likes to play hip-hop and disco and techno shit now. That's still more complex than anything fucking Ricky Rocket has ever played in his entire career. Well, I mean, okay. Um, yeah, just listen to some of them early crew songs. I mean, Red Hot. Yeah. Tommy's going nuts on that. I mean, fucking live yeah. Wire. Yeah, Live Wire. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, dude. For, for me, you know, I would have to say that um, to whoever posted that must be nice living in fantasy land. I'll have to come by for a fucking visit sometime because what in the actual fuck? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't understand that at all because we all know Tommy's a banging drummer. He just, 
I don't think he likes rock and roll much anymore, which is fine. Whatever. <laughs> that's because he's a poser, but that's a whole other story. Whatever. <laughs> you know, but skill-wise, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy is a competent drummer. I mean, he is a good drummer. I'll give him that. I've always said that, you know. Yeah, so. I don't know whoever you were making that comment in that thread, but you're fucking retarded. <laughs> but uh, the new Priest song, um, Panic Attack, I finally got to listen to that and really listen to it today. And I remember reading comments from, again, I don't know who, oh, it's got a turbo feel, I don't dig it. So I sat back and I really listened to this song today. It does not have a turbo feel. What? It, what? It's got some fucking keyboards going on in the beginning of it, and kind of has that like in a turbo lover. Oh, okay. I'll grant you that. The rest of that song shreds. What the hell is this guy talking about? I mean, what do you think of the new song "Panic Attack"? I think it's a fucking banger. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, yeah. I've been a slacker. Dude, I've been so busy with work and other things going on in my life. I have not really sat down and listened. Three minutes out of your day to listen to a song. Huh? A, a song. Three minutes out of your day to listen to a song. You know, well, you know, I don't live on Facebook like some folks do. I'll just leave it at that. No, that bitch was on YouTube. Okay, so, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll check it. I'm sure I'll like it. I love the last Priest album. You know, I mean, when it comes to Priest, dude, I love most of their discography. There's only like one or two records where I'm like, eh, most of it I really like. I mean, I even like Nostradamus for what it is. Is it one of my favorite Priest albums? No, but I don't think it's near as bad as some people make it out. I mean, you'd think it was the fucking Elder the way they act, and I'm like, no, nah, I ain't the Elder, Dad. It's a much better album. That would be pretty high praise, by the way. But uh, No, it would not. No, it would not. <laughs> the Elder's amazing. No, no, it's not. Oh, God, but, Pushy, stop. Dude, come on, Nostradamus. Stop. Stop. It's, stop. It's stop. So underrated. I think it's a great Priest album. I think it's okay. one of the best Priest albums. It's not one of my favorite Priest albums. But being, what is it, objective instead of pathetically subjective. Musically, subject matter ways. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a, it's a great album. What, it was too long? People don't want long Priest? Well, I... I just think Priest was just trying to do something different. I mean, it's not like they were like, you know, trying to do hip hop or sell out or something. It's just, it was just them trying something different. It's still a metal album. It's still heavy. It's still, you know, like I said, do I like it as much as I like um, some of the albums before it? No, no, I wouldn't go that far, but I don't think it's a bad record at all. I mean, do I like Firepower more than Nostradamus? Yes. Yes, yes I do. Yes. But but I don't hate Nostradamus. I don't even really hate The Elder anymore. I've kind of mellowed on it. Fuck, well, I ain't gonna lie, though. Well, you, I, I understand time. 10 and 11-year-old Mike was like, what the fuck is yeah. this shit? Yeah, well, I'm just a boy. I mean, the fuck? Yeah, that's pretty funny. No, it's not, it dude. Oh, my God. You kill me sometimes. <laughs> It is. It's a, it's a good song. It's a good song. It's a good song. No, but it's not, it's dude. I didn't hear the elder when it came out. You're just daring to be different. That's I'm all not. that's about. I remember a buddy of mine 
Matt Gaines. Um, <laughs> I didn't have all of Kiss's stuff, but I was really coming into, dude, this is my band. Uh, so we're talking in the seventh grade area, sixth grade area. You know, like these, these guys, this is my shit. So I had given him a cassette tape and said, hey, because he had all Kiss. He had all their albums. I said, just, just put me an album together. Put me a tape together. And he had Just a Boy on there. And I fell in love with that fucking song. Uh, he had Charisma on there. I had never heard that before. He had one song from each of the solo records on there. I had never heard the solo records yet. I hadn't started growing my Kiss collection. I was just a fan from you know two albums and Crazy Nights. That's where my fan fandom was, you know, with Kiss. And you know all these songs that everyone hates so much. I caught them later after I'd heard fucking Crazy Nights. <laughs> you know, The Elder's amazing. And I think as as people go back and listen to it today, if they take it out of the context of this is like what just before Creatures of the Night. And, it was just such a shit album and it broke up the band and Ace left and, uh, you know, whatever the other crybaby things are. And listen to that record. It's a good album. Yeah, it's different, but it's a good album. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I'll be kind. Okay, I'll say this. I Because I'm not an elder hater. As I got older, I kind of, okay, I see what they're trying to do here, okay? Right. You know, to, great, play de- to play devil's advocate. Album, but a great concept. To play, to, to play devil's advocate. My boy Ace Fraley recently said himself that he recently heard the record and hadn't listened to it in fucking forever. And he still says, while I don't think it was the right move to make at the time, and he was right, by the way. I, I don't disagree. He did say, I don't even think it's a bad record, but it's not a good kiss record. It's a good record, but it's not a good kiss record. Like it's not, it's not, and I know what he meant by that. He wasn't putting it down. He was saying he goes, actually, like I listened back on some of that stuff. And you know, apparently he has solos and shit that he wrote for that album. You want to talk about an album I'd love for him to remix. They need to remix that motherfucker because it might be better. The okay. Elder? Huh? The Elder? Yes. I, I it's would, never going to happen, though, because be that album was a it. colossal flop. And, you know, Gene and Paul, anything that isn't successful, they dog on. They did the same thing with Carnival of Souls. Yeah. Never mind the fact that when they released Carnival of Souls, it was after the original lineup got back together and they're touring. So nobody yeah. noticed. Nobody cared. I think Carnival of Souls is a pretty decent record. That's I like great it. Album. Great album. It's heavy. And it's a good it was a and, and 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 kiss like a lot of bands, they have what I call sister albums. Yeah. You know. And Carnival um, of Souls is a good sister album to Revenge. Yes, I yeah. agree. Even though I think Revenge is a tad overrated, it's got some good stuff on it. But I think it was the reason why everybody went ape shit for that album was let's I mean, come on. Oh, unholy. What a great fucking tune. What a great, great opening great song, great video, great opening. Yes. Track. And just let him. you know that the demon was back, even though he wasn't in full makeup. And as far as I always thought and Gene said that, that the look they had during Revenge and Carnival Souls was the coolest that non-makeup kiss ever looked it was the it was the closest that they ever got to where the look matched the music to me 
You know, like when you listen to an album, like say Asylum, for instance, the look does, I know you like the look, nostalgia and all that, but it doesn't really fit the music though, in my opinion, you know, um, the look, you know, during even lick it up and all that, man. Um, I honestly think if they'd have just wore more of like the leather jacket and the leather, they would have looked cooler. I mean, hell, if you notice, even in the crazy nights, they're glammy, but Gene had the leather jacket and stuff and the fucking bass with the demon face on it. And I thought he looked much cooler on that record than he did on say asylum. He looks God awful. And he looks weird during the lick it up and animalize era too. It's like, it's like they, they couldn't quite figure out what, Especially Gene. I think Gene was kind of lost yeah, yeah, during the whole non makeup. I think Crazy Nights was their best '80s glam look. You know, it, I, mean, I would go along with that. You know, and by the time Hot in the Shade comes out, it's very much you know Bon Jovi, New Jersey look. Everything's toned down, just denim and t-shirts. But the Crazy Nights album, they're still doing the spandex, and you know, you've got to have the leg warmers and shit like that. So it still worked, but it wasn't so. Over the top is Asylum, even though I love that look. <laughs> I love that look. I can't fucking... You're not the only one, man. Know. Our good friend Wadzilla loves it. But, you know, the Crazy Nights look is a good look. Like, if they'd have stuck with that look, and let's say the glam thing would have lasted, you know, on the radio, that would have worked for them. I just threw up my mouth, sorry. But it's okay. You know, Hot in the Shade was a good look. It was toned down. But, yeah, they look like badasses. Yeah, I, to me, Revenge was where I was like, yes, that's the way they need to look. Because to me, when I think of Kiss, even with makeup, I think of leather and black and silver. And, you know, that was their kind of their their colors, man. And in the 80s, man, they just got a little like I think the cover of Lick It Up, they look OK, you know. Yeah. But, man, some of the outfits they'd be wearing during that, I'm like, all right, you look even then I thought they looked goofy. Um but the music was good. And ultimately, that's all that really matters. I mean, they can wear fucking dildos on top of their heads for all I care. As long as it's, they can look like they work for IBM, wear suit and ties, have short hair. I don't care, Bush. It's the music that matters the most to me. It really does. I don't really care. I mean, look at Helmet, man. The dude from Helmet just wears a ball cap, got short hair. But they fucking rock, man. I don't give a fuck, you know? Right. I'm not even... You might like them. They, I mean... You know, you like Black Sabbath and stuff like that. I think you'd probably like Helmet. I'll tell you what, I'll send them their music and you tell me what you think. Nice, will do. Uh, speaking of which, I did download those albums you had sent to me earlier. I don't know what it is, but I did grab them. A lot of those will be future topics for future episodes. Nice. A lot of new stuff I, got, I threw at you. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I you know, know the... Uh, you, know, you know, good curse. music. Blessed um, Curse is badass. That's had, their new album, by the way. Yeah, I got their first one. And man, I'll give you, I'll, I'll send you the second one, dude. Oh, what a banger. What a oh, banger. it's fuck, dude. They're badass. Blessed Curse, man. Love them. A lot of great, um, a lot of great uh, bands. There's another one right now called Savage Blood that's part of the whole t- traditional. Um, they're German, man. Um, they're from Germany. Uh, more of the traditional n- new wave of traditional heavy metal, yeah. you know, which I've 
also expanded to a new wave of traditional hard rock and heavy metal for bands like say dirty honey and stuff like that. Cause I like that stuff too, you know? Right. So um, By the way, yeah, the I, I, re- I recommend them and they got a brand new album coming out. Like I think it's either out or it will be out here soon and I'm going to get it. So I'll send honey, that to you too. Sent it to me already. I haven't listened to it yet. Cause you know, being that things are, you know, we're going to be transitioning even more. Um, That's a fact. Uh, beware, yes. beware of the night is the name of the blessed curse album I have, or blessing curse, however you mm-hmm. say it. Um, Mark Taylor did send me the new Dirty Honey, so I already have it. Okay, cool. Uh, haven't listened to it yet, but yeah, hit us with this news um, uh, and and explain it from an owner's perspective because I know people are upset. Because yeah, um, well, all right. First of all, I want everybody to know, and I know it came to a shock to some people, like Bushy, because I had been. I had no intentions of closing shop, folks. Uh, my partner, my brother from another mother, John Morris, a.k.a. Duckets, who we had on this podcast, if you remember the debauchery with Duckets. And he even says he's kind of keen to come back and do another one because we definitely want to do a part two. I don't know if that's going to be possible, though, with all his um, health, health afflictions and everything that's going on. But th- so there's that. Um, Duckets, I'm not going to candy coat it. He's seriously ill, folks, and he really just didn't have – he was leaving after January 1st anyway. Right. And I was going to carry on, and I was going to have our other brother from another mother who's also a fellow podcaster, does a great podcast, Damn Good Movie Memories with Brian Davis, does a show for that metal station every Wednesday night. The Bad Beat with Brian A. Davis. Uh, he was going to buy in, but I had already given him a number. I figured what out everything, what it cost, and I said, well, this is how much it costs. And he said, great, split down the middle. And and we could have afforded it. And, you know, honestly, I probably could still afford it if, I, if I'm going to be real blunt about it. But I'd given Brian a number. I wasn't going to come back and say, hey, man. Uh, guess what, Brian? I was wrong. This is the way I, I didn't want to do that. You know, even though I'm sure Brian would have been okay, it still it bothered me. Right. Plus, when John told me that the cost of things was almost tripling yeah. on certain things, and I'm like, oh, I don't like that. What kind because shit's been raised every year, it's gotten more and more expensive. Every year it's gotten more and more expensive. And so I'm figuring next year they'll probably quadruple. And where they're really sticking us is with the ASCAP fees. So, you you know, a lot of folks don't understand. We can't just open a station and just fucking play whatever fucking music we want, folks. We have to pay a licensing fee to do it. Yes. And every year it gets higher. They charge us more than they do satellite radio and terrestrial radio. Yeah. Gee, I wonder fucking why. I kind of feel like there's a concentrated effort in trying to kill the stuff off. I'm from what John was telling me, labels aren't even really sending us music anymore because they feel like it's a dead medium. They're doing everything in their power to push us out. That metal station has been around for almost, if not 10 plus years. There's a bit of a debate on that. Um but I'm going to take the founder of that metal station's word, Scott Green, who I recently reached out to. Hope you're doing okay, Scott. Um, you know, we did everything we could to keep it alive. And like I said, I could have. I could have went back to Brian and said, well, dude, I didn't feel right about that. And then the fact of the matter is um, I'm a little burned out. I mean, don't get I Okay. I love doing the Metal Mike show. 
But doing the Metal Mike show and running a fucking online website station, especially when you have technical problems and technology fucking hates me already. It's just a recipe for disaster, folks. So it was it was a lot of things. I mean, at first I had every intention. I mean, I, I was even talking to Samuel and you, Bushy, about what I wanted to do and the things I wanted to. And, and I even had several new DJs that were coming on. Like I was going to sit, you know, I, you know, I, I literally this hard drive that I got right here, someone that something sent me that I, I gave him my music and I had to give him the heartbreaking news that it's over that, you know, you know, after January first, December 31st, we're going offline. Um, it's been a hell of a run. Um, and I want to thank everybody who supported us. And I want to thank you, Bushy, and all the DJs that did a phenomenal job for us. Um, I think we've had a hell of a run. But I, I, I don't really look at this as an ending. I just look at it as a new beginning. Because right. when I first got into that metal station, originally I wanted to be in the podcasting, but I didn't quite know how to get into it. I didn't quite know how to get into it. I didn't quite know how to – what I – you know. And then when Scott put his ad saying he was looking for a live DJ, I was almost like that that shy kid in the class that put his hand up, you know, like um, because I thought, well, maybe I could do that and it would be different from podcasting. And I certainly didn't want to, you know, see like I was trying to, you know, get, uh, get on somebody's coattails, even though I guess I kind of technically did. But um because the whole thing, I wouldn't even have known about that metal station if it hadn't have been for the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. I mean, I've always credited four people for making me who and what I am now. And that's uh, obviously Dr. Fuck, a.k.a. Ralphiera and, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Wadzilla, Ian Wadley, Bill Wayne, his Facebook page, the one he had, Kiss, 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 Heavy Metal, Hard Rock. If I don't see Scott Green's ad, not only that, but I already became aware of that metal station because Scott had picked up the podcast. So I had become a fan of TMS. And when I found out he was looking for DJs, I thought, and I messaged, I'll never forget, like, hey, I, I, I'm I'm fucking internet and computer and technologically retarded. Like, I told him that. Right. What I lack in that, though, I more than make up for with passion. I love this music and I always have. And the first question goes, give me your top five favorite bands. I was like, man, I got to narrow it to five. And he goes, well, do you want the gig or not? <laughs> and I did. And, um, you know, the rest is history. You know, so but Scott Green, I mean, he gave me the opportunity. And for that, I will forever be fucking grateful to him, no matter what. Even if we were to never talk again today, which hopefully that's not the case. I sent another friend request out I to him he and should. he did ex accept. So um, me on Facebook asking if I saw the same phone. And I'm like, yeah, man, but I'm about to record a podcast. But but I sent him my number, you know, just in case. Uh, so I imagine I'll be talking to Scott. Uh, yeah, and I, I plan on talking to him yeah. soon myself because, like I said, I, I kind of there's – there's some ideas percolating in my head with the podcasting, and I want to get his blessings on a certain subject, you yeah. know. Um, no, so I'll fuck it. I'll just say it. We used to do a live show on TMS. Yeah. Uh, called uh, Knights of the Turntable. I would love to do a podcast version of that, you know, like kind of have like word to have multiple guests and do a roundtable discussion. I think it'd just be something really cool to do, you know. Now, whether the plug becomes that or it's its own separate thing, we haven't totally decided. We're still just trying to figure everything out, folks. But basically, I'm going to double down and triple down on podcasting. That's my plan. Nice. 
You know, I want to, um, in fact, what I would love to do if I'm able and can do it, I would love to start a podcasting pod, a network called the pathetically subjective podcasting network. I think that would be hilarious, you know, and ask some other fellow podcasters if they want to join. Oh yeah. You know, sure so I mean, we'll, about it. huh? I said, it make sure Nick, the dick knows about it. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Nick, the dick for giving us our awesome tagline. Um, and that's anything like with the merchandise I'm thinking with the plug or whatever, I'm going to use that tagline, you know, like I want my brother to make an image for us so we can sell some merch and stuff, you know, um, maybe even create a new logo. And as I said, what not, but then my big brother, he wants to do a podcast with me and me and Bill, my co-host of the metal Mike show, we have an idea planned. So one of the good things about working with my brother and Bill is I can literally record right here. Yeah. Kind of like what, the way the decibel geek guys do it. it. I don't know if they do it as much, but I know when they first started out, they recorded live. Like yeah. they, they had their studio in the back of Aaron's old house and in the backyard of his old house. They had a studio they would record there. Now I do know that sometimes they do record obviously remotely like we do. Cause they did when they had me on for their Metallica episode, which if you haven't listened to, you should motherfuckers. It's awesome. Um, but uh, all joking around aside, I, I, you know, and again, I just want to uh, thank all those guys because it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a run. I've had an absolute blast doing it. I know you have. I've met so many amazing people. And uh, hey, if I ever win the lottery or publisher's clearinghouse, that metalstation.com will be back and back with a vengeance because then I can fucking hire all these tech motherfuckers to do my shit for me. All right, to where all I got to do is just like, all right, and, and throw fucking metal mic festivals and whatever the fuck. I mean, if money were no object, guys, we'd still be rolling. Unfortunately, because of that and the fact the fact of the matter is for a long time, our, our numbers were rising, rising, rising. And all of a sudden, at one point, they plateaued and they've just kind of steadily declined. And, it, you know, I think with people, they can stream music whenever they want. They can do it. You know, they... You know, it's entertaining as me and Bill Doe tried to make, or Bill Rosebear, I should say. He never was really happy with me giving him that. It was an old nickname he had from, uh, you know, this kid he went to school with. His name's JD, and he'd call him Jelly Donut. And then one day JD shot back and said, Oh, what's up, Bill Doe? Everybody started laughing. Nobody calls JD Jelly Donut anymore, but people still call Bill Bill Doe. He's like, God damn it. And he just, you know, it was just, I like to give everybody a nickname that was a person or a guest or a co-host on the Metal Mike show. And that was his. But I think a lot of that just came from being a fan of RMCP. I mean, look what Ralph and Ian called you. I mean, I think originally your name was Big Bushy Pussyface, yes, if I recall. Exactly. And, you know. and I remember that episode and I laughed hysterically and uh, I, I just grabbed the name. Did my, you embraced it, yeah. yeah and, 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 and I told my, Bill, I said, just embrace that shit, dude. yeah. Because I made my first uh, YouTube video using that stupid name. And I was doing a review of the Combat EP when Dr. Fuck did Combat. And, I remember uh, that. I remember that, dude. Scott Green thought it was fucking hilarious. He loved it. And he said, hey, how do I get you on the mic? And I kind of laughed it off, you know. I just kind of laughed it off. And he got a hold of me like a month later. It's like, no, seriously, how can I get you on the mic? And uh, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, so he's kind of serious, you know. And I was like, hey, you know, I appreciate it, but I know nothing about any of this. I don't have the discography, blah, blah, blah. Basically blew him off again. He got a hold of me another month later. 
and said, okay, Bushy, when the fuck do you start? So <laughs> I had to make a phone call. You know, when I talked to Scott for a couple hours, and right after I got off the phone with Scott, I called Dr. Fuck. And I said, hey, man, I mean, he's asked me to do this. What do you think? You know, and you know, Ralph gave me his blessing. And as soon as I hung up with Ralph, I called up fucking Wadzilla, you know, because I look up to those two guys. You know, and Wadzilla, same thing, gave me his blessing and such. And like you say, the rest is history. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was gutted, man. I was gutted because I was at work um, uh, in the middle of the dinnertime med pass, and it pops up. And I'm like, holy fuck, what? I, I ended up messaging you like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Because I've been kind of down because the last couple of weeks, my, my rotation is switched. So I was work. I, I was off the weekend that I should have been on air, but it was my daughter's birthday. So I technically should have been back on last weekend. I'm not. I'm not on this weekend because I fucking work because my rotation is switched. So I'm coming back next weekend to go ahead and do a show. And I'm sticking with it until the lights go out. Me too. But it's funny because I'd always said, I'm TMS or I'm not going to do the show. I really enjoy doing the show. And I had an offer back in March when we were at Rockin' Pod. That I didn't yeah, I know. Yeah, but I told you about it, and I didn't even entertain it. Then this news hit me, and it's like, but I'm not leaving TMS. Because, you know, all those, all those slags went over to fucking Cranium. And I'm going to say it, all the slags that we got rid of went over to fucking Cranium. You know, and, and that's a shit station anyway, whatever. I don't even think Brothers Grimm are there anymore. They could be. I don't know. I haven't listened in fucking a year. Yeah, I haven't listened to Cranium and God. I mean, I think that uh, I did listen from time to time when I was dating one of the DJs there, but uh, we are no longer talking. So, you know, but I mean, I don't care what whatever they yeah. can do, whatever. I, you yeah, know, hey, they want to pick up the leftovers, whatever. And I don't feel like a leftover because I was a pro. Those guys approached me. I was hoping to fuck off. But I was approached about this. And, uh, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. But I but I have my home. That's where I'm going to be. When that news hit, and I'm, I'm glad John posted today, you know, publicly, I was like, no, no. What, what, no. <laughs> I, I am addicted to the mic. I really am. And I'm addicted to sending out the music that I enjoy. And even the, the newer stuff that may not even be new that I'm adding to the show constantly, you know, the heavier and heavier music. You know, I, I'm just, I, I dig this stuff so much. Me personally, I'm not ready to give it up. So I'm still waiting uh, uh, to publicly state where I'm going. But I am going to say publicly the power hour will continue after January 1st. I don't know how long a break I'm going to take switching between because I'm going to have to record new things, you know, just to get, to get this particular show up and running. And I'm going to a station where they do all kinds of music. I tell you what, I think I'm still going to do just a metal show. It's nice to know that if I slip in some pop or some country or some blues, I'm right. catching yeah. shit. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, as much as I love TMS, there was a while there where I was kind of feeling more and more constrained. Like, man, I can't break out of um, 
um, I, I don't know. I would sometimes, and what I would do is I'd always play that that soundbite I used of John Cleese, you know, laughing hysterically and then going, and now for something completely different. And then I would play whatever. But but I always – I tried to keep my shows metal as possible because, I mean, that was our name, yeah. thatmetalstation.com. And I, I got to be honest, man, I think within the last year – We've lost a little bit of credibility on that, you know. Um, I wasn't really. I got to me. No, no offense to you, I love you to death. But when Scott opened, because it was it was Ian doing what he did that opened up all that, yeah. and then and then you were like, man, you know, I want to do a top forty where I'm going to play metal, and Scott gave you his blessings. And, and at the time, I mean, people have to understand, Scott was the founder, so he was the leader. Yes, by that point, I had bought in and became a co-owner. Um, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like when I joined the station, I didn't tell anybody. I let Scott announce it. And I just remember Ian and Ralph and Bill Wayne and his gal at the time, uh, Gina Elizabeth, who was such an absolute sweetheart of a lady. And everybody was just so supportive and excited and happy. I remember when Ian announced it on, on the rock and metal combat podcast, you know, and it's just so, it was, so it was very surreal. I mean, if somebody would have told me the first time I saw Wake Up and Smell the Thrash by Thrash or Die, hey, Mike, you're going to be friends with that guy one day. Yeah. You know, and he's going to inspire you to do podcasting. And I'd have been like, what? No way, you know. Um, and then when I started watching his Almost Human videos, which at that time was just a Kiss channel, he had like separate ones. He had Eternal Idols for, Idols for Sab, and yeah, then he combined everything. Um, I love, I just loved watching his videos. Didn't always agree with it, but that's okay, man. You that's know, the great thing about uh, Ralph is you don't have to agree with him as long but as it's you, still entertaining. As long as you get the joke, there's a yeah. lot of people out there that don't get the joke and get so pissed off. There's no oh, I know to get pissed off because the, the guy's going to love you no matter what. If you're not a dick to him, he's not going to be dick to you. Exactly. It's the, uh, quote unquote pickle whistler. <laughs> they're, they're, they're really pissed right. Ralph off, and deservedly so. Deservedly yes. so. But no, it, so, uh, it it's sad to see the station going. I've been with the station since 2016. I mean, my first show was September 11, uh, 2016. Uh, it, I joined in 2015. Man, it's yeah. been a big part of my life, and and I've I love it. But I'm I'm ready to try different things. I mean, I think podcasting is where it's at. And I want to make this podcast bigger and I want to do more with it, you know, and and so I'm I'm ready. I mean, I at first I didn't really think I was, but the more I thought about it and then when John kind of was like, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. He goes, look, you can do what you want, Mike, but it's this, this and that. And I was just like, man. So I thought about it for a while and then I finally said, you know what, John, I think maybe th this is it. It's time to to move on and try other things. And then when I started thinking about it and talking about it and, and all the possibilities, you know, uh, Bill got excited. My brother got excited and I'm excited about where this podcast is going to go and what we're going to do with it and, yeah. and, and see where, you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I, I a door is closing, but I feel like there's going to be more doors opening. So sure. I'm, I'm going to kind of focus more on what we're doing now. Because I really do enjoy it. And also, I just think with the fact that a podcast is recorded, you don't have to worry about whether people are going to miss an episode or not. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Don't get me wrong. I love doing a live radio show. It was a fucking blast. I had a blast doing it. And I'm going to miss it. I'm not, you know, but I think 
I'm ready. And I'll probably take a little short break. Not so much a break, but I I got things we got to decide on and what we're going to do and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it, it, you know, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited actually, but well, there's nowhere to sad go, but, uh, at the same time, you know, uh, yeah, you know, sad, sad's a good word. You know, I, I, I'm proud of the stuff I did with TMS. Uh, I, I still remember my first show and how fucking green I was. And I still remember doing my anniversary show, just how much I had grown in a year and then playing the drinking game taking the clips from my first show, you know, where every time I said I'm having so much fun, it was basically we all had to drink. Because I used to do the Sunday night show, you know, 9 to midnight, and there were so many listeners there. They died down when I went to the Saturdays, but whatever. I still, you know, still enjoy doing the show. For whatever reason, my weekday shows were doing great. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I thought I'd be able to walk away if uh, TMS walked away, but... I can't, so I'm going to attempt to keep it up. Uh, and I wish you all the best, and I know John does too, man. And I know Bill, he's a good dude. He's a good dude, man, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I would share things about my show and the podcast, and he would share it. And he didn't have to fucking do that. I mean, technically, know. I'm a fucking competitor, but he did. I mean, I wish Bill, I wish you all the best and any of our other DJs. If you find another gig, go for it, man. You know, um, Hell yeah. my, my except for I'm, one person, I'm he can so fuck cool. off eternally oh, yeah. being all passive. Oh, maybe I can find some shit together. Motherfucker. You hardly ever made a show like ever, yeah. ever. You were constantly backing out and canceling, you know, getting you know, because you had your job. Okay. Well, guess what? I have a fucking job. John has a job. Plus he's dealing with other shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sarah just basically broke it down for him. Well, you know, Hey, one's like literally fighting cancer and the other one is a nurse. Cause I'm a, it, being a hall nurse and being a nurse manager is two different things, yep. folks. Like I, I you know, I, I bet there's like my phone's fucking filled with messages of, of bullshit that's going on with the fucking, a facility right now the only reason why i don't look at it is is because i know if it was infection control issues they'd be calling me right now right. so whatever the point i'm trying to make and that's nothing that made it harder yes i make more money but i have a lot more responsibility now and that really made it harder for me to you know because before i worked three twelves, bro and then I had like four days off in a row and that gave me more time to train this, the, the DJs and do stuff. And I just ain't got the time for it anymore, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a combination of things, man. But I, I like I said, I want to thank everybody and, and it's been a blast and I am going to miss, you know, but I've already told a lot of our listeners, even the Steve guy who was going to join us. I said, man, I'd love to have you on as a guest. Yeah. I want Adam MC on, you know, I want us to, you know, you're still part of the TMS family. That will never die. No, it definitely will not. You know, I, I made a request in our staff chat. We have a private group staff chat where we all talk. And I said, hey, keep this motherfucker open because I am horrible for <laughs> getting a hold mm -hmm. of people otherwise. But I know I could go there any day and talk to right. those guys. Sure, definitely. And John said we were going to do that. Yeah, so. So, that's, so that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's been a good run. I have no hard feelings, man. It, it gave me my start. It, uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to keep going on <laughs> if I didn't have a good time. Uh, so oh, and the other thing I wanted to point out, too, we're not like the, the that Metal Station Facebook group page and that Metal Station, the official, that's all going to 
go away. The Metal Mike Facebook group page will not. Now, we may change the name eventually once me and Bill get what we're wanting to do rolling. But right now, it's going to continue. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Awesome. You know, That will probably evolve into something else. Right. Maybe even that metal station kind of will. Because technically, I own the name. So I can do whatever I want with it. And, you know, I know that Jai, that Aussie metal guy who, what a great DJ and what a great person and human being. And brother, I hope you fucking kick that cancer's ass. Keep fighting the good fight. I love you. That guy fucking rules, man. And one of the best interviewers I've ever seen. And he's networked and knows a lot of people and has a lot of connections. So, Mark is him and uh, very keen about still kind of keeping the station alive with that YouTube channel. I don't know. We, we will figure something out. Got some ideas percolating in my head. And I don't want to fucking give everything away. Right, so right. we'll figure it out, man. But anyway, yeah, uh, we probably spent way too much time talking about this, but it's an end of an era. So, uh, you know, I just, again, man, I want to thank all the DJs and everybody past and present, you guys were fucking amazing. It's just been a hell of a ride, man. And uh, yeah, thank you. All of you. Absolutely. Thanks to everybody that listened, anybody that ever bought merch, you know, anybody that said, Hey man, you suck. <laughs> oh, and Thanks to all speaking of, of which, um, there is, I do believe some merch still available. There is merch and still available. If you use promo code, all caps, thank you. You get 15 to 25% off. So look, you can still get your big bushy power hour t-shirt and hoodie. Don't worry about the rest of the guys. We know who's really carrying that shit. Get your big bushy power yeah. hour. Fucking Friday <laughs> nights, bitch. My show ruled. All right, let's get a fucking clue, dude. No, you were great. And, yeah, buy, and, um, buy us out. You know, let's go out with a bang. Yeah, sure. Um, like anybody out there wants a metal mic shirt, man. Which I gotta admit, it was pretty weird when uh when I met Jerry Supe, and he had a metal mic shirt, and I'm just like, I've never felt comfortable with a shirt with my big fat face on it. Um, John did that. Fucker. Um, but uh now I'm kind of glad he did. And I know a few of my girlfriends are wanting a metal mic shirt, so daddy's gotta keep them happy. So I'll be ordering some myself, probably. Listen you know, to you. You bite up your own I already dog. told them though, but if I buy it for you, you gotta model it for me, wearing it and nothing else. And they're like, okay. I'm like, that's a good girl. Yes, so. exactly. So yes, the end of an era, but we're on the new, newer, bigger things. Um Tonight, we're going to talk about it. I don't know how long we're going to talk about it. We've been talking forever. But, man, the, the age-old drama has brought itself back to the forefront again, where these two bands both have albums in the top ten on the charts. One of them actually released an album. The other one just redid some old bullshit demo. Everyone thinks it's great. But... We're talking about the Rolling Stones releasing their first album of all new material in 18 years. Uh, the uh, latest release called Hackney Diamonds. And then the Beatles released an AI-infused song 
called Now and Then. It was. I, I know what it you're wasn't say, infused. To get it right. Calm down. It might as well be auto tuned as far as I'm fucking concerned. Uh, they released a song called Now and Then, which was just some bullshit they never released because they knew it sucked back then. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know how to feel about this because everybody's shitting on the Stones album. Now is it the greatest Stones album ever? No, but it's exciting to hear a new Stones album that sounds like the fucking Stones. I mean, I've said it before. We had Mark Taylor saying that uh, this sounds like fucking Def Leppard. I don't know what the fuck you're listening to. Angry sounds nothing like Def Leppard. But people are praising this Beatles song now and then, and I'm like, no, it's no, it's not great. It's not a rockin' song. It's some bullshit. I mean, that's my daughter's dog. Her ass in my face. It's it's some bullshit. I mean, people shit on that Sammy Hagar song, Father Time. This is no fucking different. What, because John Lennon takes six slugs to the fucking chest and Yoko Ono doesn't get one and 50 years later we get the song released? It's a great song. It's not a great song, people. You have Beatles mania. Ooh, there's some new Beatles finally being released since they broke up fucking in the 70s. 1970, to be exact. Yeah. They Ooh. have been broken up as long as I have been alive. Right. Oh, this song is so great. It's not that great. Is it a passable song? Yes. It doesn't get my rocks off. It's slow. It's boring. I mean, I, I, I don't understand why people are going to slag the Stones so much. Like, even Ed, Edwin Conestrachi said this is the worst Stones album ever. Edwin, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> it is not the worst Stones album ever. Uh, their Satanic Majesty's Request is the worst Stones album ever. And that's because they were trying to do that horrible version of that horrible fucking Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, what would you stop? Good God. <laughs> what do you okay. think? Please, please tell me why Now and Then is such a great tune. I didn't, I don't hate it. I liked it. Now is it, okay, I, I I've heard it twice. I watched the video. I thought the video was really neat. I did. I, I got a kick out of it. Cool. But I love the Stones video, too, but, to be but, fair. But the, the first single so from the new album. The, I've not heard of Hackney Diamonds yet. It was cool in 1994 when fucking Forrest Gump did it. I'm not impressed. What now? I said what the Beatles did with this Now and Then video was cool in 1994 when they released Forrest fucking Gump. I'm not impressed. I believe Tom Hanks was talking to fucking President Kennedy. It didn't happen. Whatever. Man, dude. Fucking drinking the haterade on this new Beatles song. <laughs> All right. Not, number one, um, it's not that awful. Okay. I've heard much worse. Okay. Um, well, I've heard worse. Yeah. Um, secondly, I thought the video was neat. I did. Um, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Love the Stones, too, though. Right. Let's not get it fucking twisted. Right. I mean, look, it, it all depends on what your criteria is. If we're going to go with who's the more prolific band, well, the Stones. I mean, Stones never really broke up. The Beatles did. The Beatles were like, fuck, I'm done. We're done. Fuck it. Now, to be fair to them, they they all, especially George and Paul, well, hell, even Ringo put out a lot of material, solo material. Yeah. But... And it's and I like a lot of it, but I don't 
feel any of their stuff has been as great as it was when they were together. They had a chemistry just like the stones did. And like my favorite, like I, I like the Brian Jones era of the stones. I do. I mean, fuck dude, to this day, paint it black is my all time favorite stones. And I, there's a lot of fucking stone songs. I love. Okay. Yeah. But my favorite era is the Mick Taylor era. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Ron Wood. He's cool, man. He's fucking cool. And he did some good shit with him, too. But that's the one thing that's kind of different about the Stones because they have had lineup changes. They have. To me, as long as. And and it's fucked up. It's fucked up because Bill and his dad got to see the Stones on their last tour. And and Bill was just blown away because, you know, fucking Mick's pushing like 80 and he's still like in fucking amazing shape, still has it, still can do it at a high level. Um, I think that it sucked though that Charlie Watts wasn't there and it really broke Bill's dad's heart because if COVID doesn't happen, Bill and his dad would have saw that show and they would have got to see Charlie. Yeah. Um, and and Charlie, what an underrated drummer. Fuck, oh. man, what an underrated drummer. Um, but for me, much for, like Ringo's it, underrated. I've I've listened. To oh, I isolated. think Ringo's a great drummer. I've listened man. to some isolated Ringo tracks, and I'm like, okay, so he's not just a goofy idiot. The, the guy, can, no, the guy, can oh, he can play. fucking play, dude. Yeah. He wouldn't have gotten the gig if he could. I mean, people kind of own Beatles, really, a snare and a fucking bass. I mean, if you ask me, that's uh, whatever. <laughs> you the know. Beatles, the Beatles did Pete Best wrong. No, Pete Best kept missing his fucking gigs. Yes, and I forget the name of the band Ringo was in, but he was filling in, and I mean, he was the guy, man. And I, I, one thing I love about both Charlie Watts and Ringo Starr, the minute you hear them, they had a signature sound. Like the minute you hear them, you're like. Oh, that's Charlie Watts. Oh, that's Ringo Starr. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, for a long time, Bill, man, my, my my co-host of the Metal Mike show and whatever else we go on to do in the future, he used to really hate on Ringo. Man, he would just talk so much. I'd be like, dude, did Ringo like fucking anally rape your mom while pouring sugar in your gas tank or something? Like, what is with you, man? Like, I never understood Since then, since he's heard some isolated tracks and stuff, He's realized, oh, fuck, Ringo, much better drummer than he gave him credit for. I'm like, dude, he's fucking Ringo star, man. You know, the yeah. fucker, you know, I mean, I don't. I mean, it, it, so as far as like prolific, obviously, the 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 Stones have many more records, much, you know, because they never broke up. I mean, that's one thing that they can kind of hang their hat on. Like, hey, we never stopped. You guys did. Yeah. Mix even said that, like, you know. And he loves the Beatles. I mean, he's a fan of theirs, you know. And sure. and the one thing you got to say, man, the Beatles were so important that they might not have been a Rolling Stones as we know it without them because they were the ones that goes, you two can write fucking songs, man. Write yeah. some songs. You know, so I, I mean, and that changed the power dynamic. Brian Jones was the band leader when they formed that band. He was the man. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Mick and Keith start writing songs and they're good at it. Yeah. And they have a chemistry and they're fucking putting out hit after hit after hit. The whole dynamic and the power shift of that band changed, man. Without, you know, John and Paul being buddy buddy with them, I'm not sure that happens. And then, like Mick Taylor, who was part of John Mayall's Blues Breakers, 
he takes over for Brian. And not only did he not miss a beat, but they got better than ever as far as I'm concerned. So it's really like gun to head. I'm probably going to say Beatles, but fuck, man. I'm going to like want to try to negotiate, man. Like, come on, guys. Do I have to fucking pick? Really? That's fucking bullshit, man. You're infringing upon my fucking rights as a music lover. Like, to me, I, I would not want to exist in a world that didn't have both bands. For me, I mean, they're they're that important, you know? And, See, and, and for me, I, it's... I, I'm not a huge Beatles fan at all. You know, I, I've made that clear. No, you kind of uh, shit on them. It's all right, though. Go ahead. Yeah, I do, because they get so much more credit than the Stones, and the Stones are obviously the better band to my ears. But I but I can never, ever, ever take away the importance of the Beatles. I mean, everybody tries to say, well, there would be no this, there would be no that. First of all, I say bullshit. Eventually, music would have evolved. We wouldn't just have fucking rock around the clock for goddamn ever, okay? Well, and I do agree with you because you got to remember something. And here's an artist that wasn't just influential on the Beatles, but also the Stones. And it was fucking Keith Richards who mentioned it. You listen to some of those after the Burt Crickets break up and Buddy becomes a solo artist and you have full orchestral music and shit. He was doing that. You know, everybody wants to credit the Beatles for doing. No, Buddy fucking Holly was experimenting with that shit first, guys. Buddy Holly would have been the king of rock and roll had he not died in that plane. I agree. I mean, like, that's what's so sad. And I love Elvis. I love Elvis, man. Let's not let's not get it twisted, man. But to me, Buddy. I mean, dude, I mean, that he's he's in that club along with your Cliff Burtons and your Randy Rhodes. But he didn't get to fucking do everything he wanted to do. And then the young kid that was on a fucking plane with him, 17 years old, and the kid already had, what, three or four fucking oh, hit singles? Yeah. You know, yeah, Richie, I think, would have went on to do bigger and better yep. things. The kid was fucking good, man. Yep. So, I mean, it, man, you want to talk about a fucking tragedy. That was just, you know. Oh, the big bopper, Richie Valens, fucking buddy. Oh, Rose. yeah. And the big bopper, think about it, man. The big bopper, he was a DJ. Yeah. Wasn't even really a musician, but he wrote that song. It becomes a hit. He was an older guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's flying high. His wife was pregnant, just like Buddy's wife was. Now, poor Buddy's widow lost the baby. Um, um, uh, The bopper's widow did not. And uh, it's really interesting because that kid who looks a lot like his daddy and sounds a lot like his daddy, even has a single called White Lightning. You'd swear to God it's the big bopper. You ought to check it out. I'll have to. He, um, and at the time, he was all hippied out, man. And I don't know how he got on Waylon Jennings' bus, but he did. And Waylon, like, looked up, and it kind of startled him first. He was like this big – because Big Bopper was a big guy. I mean, that's yeah. why they called him the Big Bopper. And this guy's just standing over him, but he said he just had this melancholy face. And you know, Waylon's like, can I help you with something, son? And he's like, Mr. Jennings, I'm sorry to bother you, but uh, I'm the Big Bopper's son. Could you tell me about my daddy? What was he like? And, you know, Wayne was like, oh, man, your daddy was a good old boy and told him all these cool stories and stuff. Because, you know, he never really knew. I mean, he only knew images in his music. And I'm sure what his mother told him. But, yeah, man. And, you know, Wayne said, man, he goes, it got me in the feels, you know, because it was like, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what what happened there? So if Buddy Holly don't die. Who the fuck knows? And, and and again, I'm not taking anything away from the Beatles or the Stones when I say that, because it was Mick or no, it was Keith who mentioned that. Like, 
you know, they, they were doing Paul McCartney's even said like, you know, oh yeah, he was doing that. Yeah. Like they were a huge, I mean, the Beatles originally when they spelled it, it was like beetle, like a bug. Yeah. You're going to tell me they weren't influenced by the fucking crickets. Come on, man. Right. You know? And, and then, you know, like, yeah. Uh, Elvis, all those guys were a huge influence. I think for the stones, what kind of sets them apart from the Beatles, I think. Now, I know Paul, Paul and all them guys love the blues, too, but the Beatles, Muddy Water, Howlin' Wolf, Little Walter, that was, I mean, a lot of their early covers was that stuff, the, man. The they were more the into the blues than they were rock and roll. And to me, that's what kind of set, that's why I never really, maybe that's they don't. Why, maybe that's uh, why I've always liked the Stones more, because I love yeah. blues so much. Yeah. No, and uh, the, the Beatles that I like, I, I'm sorry, I like that 60s pop Beatles. You know, mm -hmm. I want to hold your hand, help, love me, do. I love that almost well, doo-wop kind of shit. It's really weird, though, Bushy, because you're, I know so many people. Well, Bill kind of poo-poos that era of the band, and I'm like, you're fucking high. That That's shit's great, too. Era. Like you're fucking high, man. That stuff's awesome. But I also like, hey, I like it when they start experimenting with drugs and doing weird shit. You know, not everything. Like I think Revolution Number Nine can go suck a dick. I like the single Revolution. You know, the heavy one. I don't like the one that's on the White Album. I've never liked that version. And I don't like Number Nine. Number Nine. I don't like. Look, I, look. There ain't any fucking banner artist where I love just about a hundred percent of everything they're done. There's a few, like I'm talking just a few folks, but most of the time, even the great Beatles and Stones didn't always hit a fucking home run. Okay. Agreed. You know, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm a fan, but I'm not a fucking tart. I don't get these people that like love everything a band does, no matter what. It's like, Really, I, I do. I want to do. I want to do what Negan says when that fat chick's like, "We're starving." Really, really <laughs> starving. You know, it's like so. When I hear people that are like, "Oh, you know, loads of great album." Really, really, is it? Is it really? I don't know about that. But again, I know that some people that maybe. You know, with certain bands, like we always say all the time, our good friends from RMCP and Decibel Geek, timeline is everything. And it really, truly is. And there's certain bands that are that ultimate timeline band, you know, like we've talked about with Metallica. If you came in during the load era, man, that's going to be your fucking jams. Yeah. I'm sorry for you. Me too. But, yeah. but, but, you know, like you have to keep that in mind, you know, that they're coming from a different perspective than you are. And that's with any artist, even movies, any art, it's going to, you know, there's going to be some people are going to be like, fuck you, man. The seventies is the greatest fucking era of cinema. You know what though? There's probably some old motherfuckers like, fuck you, man. The forties film noir. That's where it's at. You dumb yeah. bitch punk. You know, like, I mean, I love it all though. Cause I love so film, fun. but. I like everything you know, from Casablanca to Citizen Kane. Fucking right, uh, dude. To, a good movie is a good movie. Yeah. I don't give a fuck when it was made. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. Like, I'm not a judge. I mean, you cannot judge things that was done 50, 100 years ago, 25, by today's standards, okay? It just irritates the shit out of me when I'll hear somebody, like, downplay, like, 
a while back and, and big brother if you're a listener watching i love you man but you kind of downplayed david cronenberg's the fly you're fucking high that's one of the greatest remakes ever made it's a great movie oh, the you can't you know and, and he was even saying that it was good but all oh, the special effects are kind of hokey that movie's like fucking 30 years old dude like what the fuck do you expect that's like holding the original fly oh well it was corny and go he's like what do you expect man see i look past that i have to i mean look at it i'm a huge star trek and dark shadows fan you ever watch those shows you ever seen the fucking special effects especially dark shadows that was a day tv show they had a shit budget okay but it's the stories it's the stories and the acting that pulled me in yeah and it's the same with star trek of course when i was a little fella and i watched star trek in syndication i i didn't the special effects wasn't that jarring to me back yeah. then. You know, it wasn't until I got and older. Now, it wasn't until movies like Star Wars, and then you're like, holy shit. Yeah, but, and, th- and, but think about it. Now, at, 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 at men of a certain age, uh, you're over 50. I'm knocking on mm-hmm. 50. I'm right there. We look at Star Trek with such nostalgia that we go and look at that uh, fan-made series, uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek Continues. Rave it. It's like, oh mm-hmm. man, yeah, look at those course. special effects. It looks just like it did in 1966. I mean, right, right. I like think that's me. And, and 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 I'm a guy that I don't know about you. I love Trek and I love I, I gotta be honest, I haven't watched Picard. I haven't watched anything new. Um, I have my reasons. Um, I did hear the last season of Picard is fucking phenomenal. Right, I mean, the there's season, a guy the who I really I admire. Seen, I heard is great. Robert Meyer Burnett, and he is a trekker, man. I mean, this guy knows his fucking trek, okay? And he wasn't really big on, um, like, uh, what's the show that's got a younger Spock? I forget what it's called. Discovery? Oh, is that it? Strange New Worlds. No, there was, wasn't that's Spock the, on another show? Maybe Spock. it's, it was one of them where he's like, eh, but and I he didn't Trey really Moore. like the first few seasons of Picard, but he lacked. He loved the last season, man. Yeah. Just thought it was like wow, like it's so good. He goes, "You really need to watch the whole thing just to appreciate everything." Now, other people, oh, like our friend Mark Alden Taylor, loves what they're doing uh, with newer Trek. Yeah, For my money, that. though, my favorite show. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love the original. Love Next Generation. But Deep Space Nine, man, that was the show for me, man. That was, I mean, because there was so much world building with that show, you know. And we're kind of getting off the uh, beaten path. That's almost like a nerdgasm thing. And maybe we ought to do a Star Trek discussion someday. Yeah, probably. Nerdgasms Volume 4 or 5 or whatever, whatever it be. It but, is, yeah. but be that as it may, it's, it just bothers me sometimes when you hear people fucking, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, this is old. I mean, I know people who literally won't watch black and white films because it's black and white. And I'm like, you're fucking being stupid because it's a great movie. Yeah. Like Night of the Hunter. Oh, my God. What an amazing film. I mean, there are so many great movies, man, and shows even that have been done that were ahead of their time. I mean, and I love a lot of the new shows. Like, I'm a huge Breaking Bad guy. I love Better Call Saul. I like a lot of the, the streaming. It's amazing. I think it's better quality than a lot of the movies that are being put out right now, to be quite honest with yeah. you. Um, but, yeah. Uh, uh, 
Well, this whole when it comes to the Stones and the Beatles and the whole, like I said, the only thing that bugs me is when people have to disparage one to elevate the other. I, I'm just like, I mean, personally, like I said, I don't get it. My dad and I shake our head because we're like, man, we think they're both fucking awesome. Like, I, you know, I don't like, and it's cool to prefer one era of a band over another. Like, that's interesting that you prefer the earlier stuff. Most people I talk to, I mean, I know some people that love it all. Or maybe not every song, but they love all eras. And then I know some people that are more like, oh, the, you know, rubber soul, man, that's where they grab me. You know, the, the psychedelic, the weird shit, you know, tomorrow never knows, which I love that shit. But I'm like, yeah, man, but there's some great tunes. I mean, I like that, uh, you know, and the one thing that you want to fucking trigger me, this fucking triggers. Me. I hate it. I don't even it's not even a pet peeve. It's a fucking major psychotic hatred. I hate it when people refer to the Beatles as a boy band. They were not a fucking boy no. band. A boy band. Okay, folks, let's just, let's just get it straight. A boy band usually was a preconceived, prefabricated package where you got some fucking fat fuck sitting behind his desk and he and these kids, these young boys audition. And yeah. then they get the gig and all right, you're going to be the funny one. You're going to be the sensitive. You're going to be the moody fucking, you know, you know, uh, standoffish guy. You're going to be the funny one. You're going to be the pretty boy. You're going to be the sensitive one. Fuck all that. The Beatles were never that. They were four exactly. guys, grew up in the same area, formed a band, started doing their thing. And that was fucking it. You know, they didn't fucking... Yeah, boy band. No, that's, that's just fucking. They, they were, they were very organic. You know, the way yes. that came about. So whoever says they're a boy band is. Oh, it just makes me want to punch him in the fucking throat. I'm like, that is the most moronic fucking statement I've ever made. Yeah, yes, were they poppy? The yes. Did girls get wet when they heard their songs? Yes. That does not make them a boy band. No, okay, that's like all. saying that Elvis was, a, you know. I mean, well, he wouldn't be a band, but I, I don't, I don't get that. I, I don't get that. I can you know? say this about the Beatles. Their, their later stuff, the stuff that I like, man, I really like, you know, I love Eleanor Rigby. I think that's a, Oh, it's a beautiful song, song, man. I love Hey Jude, but admittedly, I'm a na-na-na guy. If there's a song <laughs> that has fucking na-na-nas in it, come on. That's love great. It. Love and Touch and Squeezing is my favorite fucking Journey song. Guess why? I get like five solid minutes. My all-time favorite Beatles tune is the dumbest fucking song I've ever heard by arguably the least popular member who we were discussing earlier, who's way under Octopus's Garden? Yes. That is my all-time favorite Beatles song. I don't That's know a good song, though. I like what it. What the fuck he's talking about? At all, I don't care. I love that tune. But you could take your Obladi Obladas and shove them right up your ass. What what a stupid fucking track that is. Your you know what? Interesting. Le John Lennon hated that song. Guy with diamonds. Did you know that? Huh. Lennon fucking hated Obladi Oblada. Oh. Hated it. That's a Paul song. You know, yeah. fucking hated Obladi Oblada. Songs are fucking stupid. I mean, the hits are the hits, and I could listen to most of the hits. Not be upset. I've got that album, Number Ones. It's the only Beatles that I own is Number Ones. Uh, my dad had the Blue Album and the Red Album, mm -hmm. which gave me all the songs that I really needed to hear anyway. I listened to the White Album once, and I was like, 
I don't get it. You know, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why everyone thinks that's the greatest thing ever. And I think of uh, Tommy Lee Jones in fucking Men in Black. You know, when he holds up that little CD looking thing, it says, this is going to be replacing compact disc real soon. So it looks like I'm going to have to buy the White Album again. Why the fuck did you buy it in the first place? I don't think it's that great an album. But I could talk a lot of shit about a lot of Stones albums, too. Well, I mean, here, look. I mean, when it comes to the White Album, I'm one of those. There, there's some great tracks on there, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Yeah. But there's some fat. There's some shit that could definitely be trimmed off that fucking record. Yeah. I mean, and I think if they had, if you'd had a great single record. Um, it, I, here's my I'm question: not, Is it fair to say that people are so enthralled, so incensed? So in love because there's a brand new Beatles song, song that they've never heard before with the whole Beatles Stones fight that's been going on for years amongst fans. That they're willing to say that this is so much better than this simply because it's something they never heard by this band that they revere well, so much. Well, okay. If you're asking me if there's beetle tards, I'm sure there fucking are bushy. Just like I'm sure there's fucking stones tards. that's going to sit there and argue with you and tell you that her majesty's, what is it? Fucking satanic request is the greatest fucking, or it's God, great. It's, it's just you, 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 every band and every artist has that segment of fans and just blind. It doesn't matter. And by God, if you say anything negative about any of it, well, that, you're not a real stones fan. Me, you're not a real Aussie fan. You're not album, a real. <laughs> that album to me is like the elder for you with kiss or satanic majesty's request. Fucking garbage. <laughs> You know what? I would have to say I'll take the elder over Unmasked. There's only one fucking song I really like on Unmasked, and that's fucking Naked City. Shandy, not a bad ballad. I mean, to be fair, and it really, the only thing I think that made people go, what the fuck is this, is it wasn't Peter singing the ballad. Ballad. It was Paul, and it was kind of jarring because Paul's never really did a ballad. I think if Peter had stayed in the band, they probably would have made that a Peter song. Um, but that album is fucking god awful. I don't. I, there's power pop. It's perfection. Oh, no, power pop. It ain't. Fuck. If I want to listen to a power good, pop, I listen to fucking cheap trick. Crazy nice compared to fucking unmasked. No, but anyway, pretty shitty as far as I'm concerned. But that's that's daddy talk. Fact of the matter is, whether you like the Beatles or the Stones, let's be happy that in this day and age, 2020, fucking three. We get an entire new album of Stones music. And we just got a Beatles track that was never released. Right. What, what, what a great time to be alive because my dad wasn't around to hear this new Beatles song. And he was a pretty big Beatles fan. He also liked the Stones more, but he loved the Beatles too. You know, so we're lucky enough to at least have both. But let's Well, not- Bill, uh, Bill's dad, Bill, uh, Bill uh, Roseberry, man, Bill Doe, his dad, he, he loves the Beatles, loves them. But he he loves the Stones more. He is a Stones guy, man, yeah. and always has been. And uh, he he like I mean, I I think you know like. And here's the other thing I want to get because I hear people Hackney bitch Diamonds about some of these new the artists doing. Album they've ever done. Huh? I said Hackney Diamonds is not the greatest album they've ever done. They're right. Well, I'm I'm gonna there. I'm gonna get into that because remember we were talking before and you said oh shit meltdown. No, number one. Um, the Stones are kind of pushing 
they're in their seventies. They no, got me. Mick Jagger's eighty years point. old, and uh, Keith Richards seventy-nine. Okay, so they're pushing eighty. Um, anybody expecting any legacy band? That's you know anybody who's expecting any legacy band that has that's been around as long as these guys. Um, that's that's had the level of success that they've had and are expecting the new material to be just as good as any of their classic stuff, man, just stop already. Like I, I like I love us. Okay. But you know what? And, and yeah, I liked patient number nine. Didn't like every fucking track on it, but I do like some of it. Would I put it up there with any of Ozzy's classic stuff? Well, fuck to the no, dude. Like anybody that's expecting, like, and when I hear people say, well, what about Overkill? What about Testament? Uh, number one, yes, those are legacy acts. But Overkill and Testament never got the level of success that Metallica did or Megadeth did or any of the big four for that matter. And it's the same with... um the Rolling Stones and the Beatles or any legacy band. If you think, if you think, if you're expecting Hackney Diamonds to be anywhere on that level. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you should um, lower your fucking expectations. Okay. Lower your fucking expectations because if you don't, you're going to be disappointed. All right. It's like, Let's get a fucking grip. Let's get a fucking clue. And just, oh, it just, it just dry. It, it grinds my fucking gears. I'm not going to fucking lie, man. I get so tired of hearing these people fucking bitch about, well, you know, this new album or artist, this new, it sucks. This new album. I'm like, because you're expecting another fucking Diary of a Madman or Bark at the Moon. or It's not going to fucking happen, okay? Exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, band, you'll be like, fucking hell, man. I feel that way about Judas Priest's Firepower. I was like yep. blown away by how good it was. Exactly. So I'm not going to say it won't ever happen. But anybody that's expecting and, and and I'll and, and I was, as I was saying, Bush, before you, 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 you stepped out for a minute, I did kind of go off on a rant, not like a violent rant or anything, but like some people will throw overkill or testament in my face. Here's the difference. While overkill and testament have had a certain level of success, they're not mainstream. They're not they're Yes. they And yes, that's why they still have that hunger and that drive and that fucking, you know, that killer instinct. Most of your legacy bands, once they get fat and happy, folks, they lose the killer instinct. OK, and that's what happened to the Stones. I think that's what would have happened to the Beatles if they hadn't broke up. I mean, and it would have happened. It's happened to Ozzy and Metallica and Megadeth and fucking all of them, man. So when people bitch about the new number one, at least they're trying, they're fucking trying to put yes. something out new out instead of resting on their fucking laurels. Like, do you really think the Rolling Stones have to put out a new fucking record to tour? No, no, they're the fucking Rolling Stones, man. Yeah. And it's the same with Metallica. Okay. And even Megadeth, man. Like, you know, like, I mean, every once in a while, you know, there'll be a band like I, I just said earlier about um, Priest, I would put Megadeth in that. When Dystopia came out, I was like, whoa. Yeah. 
Wow. And I felt the same way about a hardwired self-destruct. I'm like, yep. fucking about time, boys. This is more fucking like it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It just it just grinds my gears. It's like anybody expect Hackney Diamonds to be fucking sticky fingers or exile on Main Street. Get the fuck out of here, man. Yes. It's not going to happen. OK, exactly. it's just not. Now, that doesn't mean you. So I guess what I'm trying to say is. Lower your expectations, because sometimes you might be surprised. Like, honestly, man, I'll, I'll never forget when Hard Rock came out. I was, I was still living in the mobile home, bro. I had Kane with me. AKA Chris Tyler, my nephew. And, and you know, oh, new Metallica video. And I looked at Kane and I was like, well, let's see if it's even worth the buck. I mean, that's how jaded I had gotten about Metallica. I know a lot of people wanted to jerk off to Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic was a step in the right direction. But it, is it better than what they, again, it's kind of like their fucking revenge. Yeah, I said it. It was like they put out a stream of fucking shitty albums, and by the time they put out something halfway decent, everybody, oh, get it. Yeah, it wasn't that great, guys. Okay. Um, but hardwired, I was like, because even the slower songs I like, I'm like, man, this is a really good record, man. Yep. Overall, there's like a couple of filler tracks. I think it could have been a single album, to be honest with you, but the, the really good songs are really fucking good, man. And I was proud of him, just like I was proud of Dave Mustaine when he did Dystopia. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. But it's it's hard for bands that have had a certain level of success. People go, what about Pantera? Pantera broke up, yeah. just like the Beatles, okay? Most bands or artists, they're going to have highs and they're going to have lows. Look at his record label literally got rid of. So much so that I think Dwight Yoakam fucking went in their office and cussed him the fuck out. He said, motherfucker, that desk you're setting at was paid by fucking Johnny Cash. How dare you get rid of him? They did the same thing to John Denver. Johnny, though, hooks up with Rick Rubin's like, come here, bro. Come on. That's when Rick was still, in my opinion. I like Rick Rubin. I think uh, I he's still an interesting individual. His knowledge of music history is amazing. Well, let's be real. He hasn't really truly produced anything. All he does is lay on the couch. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen the making of something. He's just laying on the couch, man. I'm like, that's not being a producer, dude. Um, with that being said, though, when he was on his gay game, he was on his A game. And what he did to, for cash and those American recordings, holy fuck. And I loved it when they released those records and their huge hits and they put out a fucking huge ad, which is that fucking picture of him at Folsom Prison fucking flipping off the camera. And it says Johnny Cash and American Recordings would like to thank um, Nashville for all their support. Yeah. I was like, yes. You know, like, you know, it was like, um, yeah, Johnny, he, you know, so I, it's not to say that bands can't, or artists can't find a second life. It can happen if you find the right producer, um, somebody who's going to, you know, cause I think the thing that Rick Rubin was always great at was kind of bringing those bands and artists back to their roots. He did it with Neil Diamond. He did it with Johnny Cash, he did it with a lot of people. He tried to do it with Black Sabbath on 13, maybe if you had Bill Ward, but Part of my problem with 13 was the production. It sounded like it sounded just like a Sabbath album in the 70s. It's not really what I wanted. I wanted uh, I wanted Sabbath, but I wanted to hear what they sounded like in 2013. And right. and what I mean by that is when you listen to Heaven and Hell with 
with you know uh, the devil you know the only studio album they did with Ronnie under that moniker. Iomi produced that album. It sounds fucking amazing, and I think the whoever did the production on uh, Ozzy or Black Sabbath reunion album, which by the way they just re released on vinyl. It's remixed. Sounds amazing, and they've also remixed. You can hear the original versions of Psycho Man and Selling My Soul, but you can also hear, and it's really cool. Sounds fucking amazing. But, you know, they, sab, you know, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where I was di- kind of disappointed with 13. I mean, there's some good songs on there, but it's just, it's missing something. Because um, I wanted to hear and, and I blame Ruben for that. He went a little too far with that. It's like, look, I understand you want Sab, you want to bring that Sabbath sound back. I, I get it. Yeah. But but you're gonna have that sound no matter who's doing the fucking production. As far as like that thick, heavy, but it did. It sounded just like. And also there were certain songs where I'm like, okay, here's the Planet Caravan of the album. Here's the, you know who you know. To me, it was very like was, structured, it, like it the was, first few al- Sabbath very albums. Psycho Huh? It was very Psycho Circus. Yes, and Psycho Circus I had problems with because it's yeah. like you're trying to recreate Destroyer. Just stop. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I don't want – I mean, I'm not, again, there's some decent songs in Psycho Circus. I don't want to say the whole record's a piece of shit. But for one, you didn't give us what you promised us. I wanted to hear the original Kiss. Yeah. We didn't get that. We yeah. got – just like it was 1979 or 80 all over again. Okay, Ace comes in with his songs. Peter came in with it. Every you know, and then they just I I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other rant. I don't want to get in the fucking Kiss Vortex. Well, no. Other than to say again, with any of those bands, if you're expecting them to put out a record that's even anywhere near the level of their classic stuff, if they have a certain level of success. Got to keep saying it because people want to throw like overkill and testament and death angel in my face. And even then that doesn't really count. Death angel took a hiatus. So did Exodus. Overkill and testament are one of the few thrash metal bands that have never stopped. They've never stopped. They keep going and going and going. Kind of like Motorhead. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Motorhead. Motorhead never put out a bad record. But Motorhead only had a certain level of success. They never got fucking Iron Maiden huge or Metallica huge or Ozzy. They just didn't. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Look at Alice Cooper. Another one. I love Alice, man, but he's got some spotty parts in his discography. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to happen. You're going to have peaks and valleys. So anybody who, you know, if you hate not Hackney Diamonds, okay, that's cool, man. I'm not saying you got to like it. Hell, I've only heard one song. But what the fuck did you expect? Is, is right. I mean, what? You were expecting, like, what? The second coming of fucking Exile on Main Street? It's just not going to happen, man. You know? No way. No way. And, and, and maybe that's where my animosity comes from is because we get this song. And that's all it is, is a song. And then you look like, <laughs> dude, your image froze up. You were like, it looked like you were getting like you sat on a huge dildo or something like, ah, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was just, right when you were yawning. I just got something that said internet connections unstable. So, so we probably got to get out of here, but, uh, um, okay, cool. What, Did what you was, get that? Could you hear me though? No, I couldn't hear a thing you were saying. I was talking. Oh, fuck. I hope it recorded it. I don't oh, know. Yeah. It, yeah. Everything's going. Um, okay. But no, the, my, my thing is you have this song as a leftover. It's like fucking, Van Halen releasing that album with David Lee Roth. It's all stuff that they had had demoed years ago. 
course, Van Halen did a lot better than this now and then. The point is, it's, it's an old song, and people that are nostalgic for the Beatles think it's so great. I don't understand people that love the Stones shitting on this record so much when it's not a bad album. And, and, and Charles, I'm sorry, you're fucking wrong. And we'll discuss this when you come on to do this Metallica episode <laughs> we're doing. To act like this one song is better than the entire Hackney Diamonds is literally, in my mind, the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I can't comment, but I promise you I will. I'm going to, you know, and I'm probably going to listen net to now and then a few more times. But look, and, and here's the thing. They're saying that they couldn't isolate John's track from the original piano, and that's why they didn't go forward with it. And I'm not saying they're lying. All I know is this. My boy George Harrison was like, fuck this. I'm I'm done. I'm yeah. done fucking around with this song. It fucking sucks, as is. I'm done. And I guess they had made a rule that if there was anybody in the band it was like, I don't fuck, I ain't doing this shit. They didn't do it. Yeah. So that's why we didn't get that when they did anthology. Because remember, they did three anthology albums because there was three episodes yeah. for the documentary. The first album had <clears throat> Freeze the Bird. Second album had um, Real Love. And then the third album was supposed to have now. What is it now and then? Now and then, yeah. Yeah, and it, 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 it didn't happen. It didn't happen because George was like, fuck this. So take that for what it's worth, man. I don't know how. I mean, it's hard to say. How would George feel about it now? I don't know. He's not here to tell us. Right. You know, so. I mean, mean, if you like it, great. More power to you. I, I don't think it's the second coming of Christ. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. But I don't think Hackney Diamonds is either. I do think the entirety of Hackney Diamonds is better than that one fucking song. Well, all I can say is this. I liked Now and Then, and I liked the single, the video with the girl. I loved it. I thought it was really cool, man. I really did. And at first there was that one part where I was like, man, that's kind of weird. But the more I listened to it, the more this is a good song. So, hey, man, I mean, I think it's kind of cool that you got two bands who've stood the test of time and they're still kind of putting out new music you know it's like especially for the beatles i mean two of the members of the band are fucking dead and i'll tell you what i'd love to see i don't know if it'll ever happen but apparently dimebag and Vinny was working on another uh um what's the name of their band damage plan they album i say they need to let rex and phil take those recordings and turn them into Pantera songs be interesting. and release it to the public. I, I think that would be a great way to honor Dime and Vinny. And I think I would just love to hear it, man. Because the thing is, people have to realize uh, Dime was already getting ready to put out overtures to Phil. Yeah. He wanted to get Pantera back. He was just like, man, this is fucking stupid. And of course, we all know what happened. Yeah. And uh, it is what it is. But, um, I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Much like the Beatles, there's two members that are no longer with us, and Pantera aren't, haven't been around near as fucking long. It's just, and, and both guys died on the same fucking day. Shot. The only difference is, is 
poor John was shot trying to get to his house. And then, you know, the guy, he didn't really believe in security. He was very approachable to people in New York. And while that's a really cool attribute to have, I think ultimately that's what got John killed with dime, man. It was just shitty fucking security. Yeah. I mean, dime got shot on fucking stage, dude. That's fucking mind blowing, man. And And I still sometimes fucking go, wow. That happened, like you know. Yeah. I I remember what happened. I remember watching. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was fucking just shocked, man. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't fucking believe it. Broken hearted. All right, let's get out um, of here. Yes. Anyway, man, uh, it was a cool uh, conversation, and I just want to end it with this: the Beatles and the Stones fucking rule. Um. And once again, everyone, thank you for supporting that metalstation.com. And, 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 you know, please make sure you check out the shows until our very last day. We're going to have some really awesome last shows. Stay metal to your dying breath, motherfuckers. Hell yeah. Thanks, everybody that's tuned in. I will be back at another station. I'll let you guys know about what's going on there later on. TMS is always going to be my home, my family. Buy vinyl. We'll see you next time. Whoa.